2: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again in a new year on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, our first one of 2024. Hopefully everyone had a happy, safe New Year's celebration. Hornets will tip off 2024 for tonight against the Denver Nuggets. We'll have a game preview for that one. Also, we're going to talk about the candidacy for Rookie of the Month for the month of December for Brandon Miller. As of the recording of this podcast, we don't know who's won it. Maybe it's come out by now. I don't think quite probably has, but it could have. So we will give you our thoughts on whether or not Brandon Miller is going to win it for the Eastern Conference. And we're going to talk about a recent piece in The Athletic concerning shooting. Who's the best shooting team? Who's the worst shooting team in the NBA? And where to the hornets rank is a recent article by law murray a really good writer for the athletic helping me on all of these topics he's my producer on the hornets radio network as well as the producer of this fine podcast rob longo rob happy new year thanks sam happy new year to you as well hopefully everybody enjoyed
3: our podcast yesterday our new year's eve special and was able to enjoy some of the sounds from some of the players and their traditions and some of their resolutions for this upcoming year as well
2: Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, go back through the archives. It's only one day away. And of course, you can see many of our recent episodes and conversations on YouTube as well. I have recent ones with Nick Smith Jr. I would love to have you go back through the archives and take a look at those. Our next one coming up on YouTube is going to be with Hornet Center, Nick Richards. So look forward to bringing you that. Hopefully we'll have a conversation in the not too distant future about uh, an award handed out to Brandon Miller because he really is deserving of being a Rookie of the Month. All-Rookie Team member comes season's end. Uh, Very much a dark horse at this point, but it's not outside the realm of possibility that maybe at some point he steps further forward into the Rookie of the Year conversation. I wanted to talk about the potential of him winning Rookie of the Month for the month of December. He has closed down his month, obviously, now as we move into January here, and I think there's a real... Strong case to be made. But if if I'm being honest, I don't think he's going to get it this month. And the reason why is nothing about what Brandon Miller hasn't done, but it's more about what Jaime Haquez Jr. has for Miami. If you recall in the first month plus of the season, the October slash November spell, Haquez got the nod over Brandon Miller, even though Miller averaged more points and had better three-point shooting overall. This time around, it is Haquez who has averaged more points, still better shooting splits for Brandon Miller, particularly from three where he's a 42% shooter. The rebounds and assists, it's a slight nod to Hakez. I think Miller is very strong. He is the clear number two for this month in the Eastern Conference. So he'll be, I believe, on that also-ran list. But I just don't see, if the voters gave it to Haquez the first time around, why they wouldn't give it to him the second. Rob, your thoughts.
3: Certainly makes sense. And I think a lot of it, too, obviously, is the winning factor. When your team goes 1-12 in, in the month of December, it's certainly not going to help your candidacy. So I think a lot of that also lies in the winning factor that we talk a lot about here on the podcast, on the broadcast as well, about how some of these voters... Maybe look at this either as a scoring accolade or a winning accolade, and we try to kind of find a balance between the two, and I think that's basically the issue right now is just the fact that the Hornets haven't won a whole lot of games to help boost the cause of Brandon Miller. If you've seen anything, obviously, especially after that game that he had in Phoenix in the first quarter— He's worthy of it, I think. There's obviously been other people that have had some great months. Hawkins is a great example of that, especially in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, in the West, Victor Wambinyama, Chet Holmgren continue to do their thing as well. But all in all, it's just been One of those things where I think if the winning was coming with the Hornets, then we might have a little bit of a different case. But overall, unfortunately, I think it's not going to be the Rookie of the Month award that Brandon Miller has been looking for. But again, the fact that he's continued to come up in these conversations, it's great. Definitely boosts his candidacy for all rookie team at the end of the season, which I think is kind of maybe the goal right now. Obviously, Rookie of the Year would be great, but I think a lot of that has to do with winning once again. So... You kind of got to take with what you can get right now, but I'm sure we will see Brandon Miller in the Rising Stars game in a couple months. That would be uh, one of the things to maybe look at moving forward. But again, that's a little bit later down the road right now in a vacuum here for the month of December. Brandon had a great month. He continues to dazzle. But unfortunately, I think the winning factor is going to play a big part in the reason why he doesn't get the award as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. In, in terms of all-rookie first team later on down the road, first off, there's a lot of road that you got to traverse for Miller and the rest of the rookies, but I, I do think it's to Brandon's advantage. I think the more he continues, the longer he continues to post these kinds of stats, the more impressive it'll get and uh, put pressure on other guys to keep it up. Uh, there was a recent piece by Zach Lowe on ESPN, and, and this came out before the game against Phoenix the other day, but it was talking about how Brandon, Really is flying under the radar right now for the larger NBA. That Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama, that they're the clear one-two for Rookie of the Year. That Jaime Jaquez, in his opinion, seems to be a lock for All Rookie First Team at this stage of the season. I don't have an argument against that. I would agree with that. Derek Lively, the second, seems likely to get a spot if you compare his numbers to what say Walker Kessler did last year for Utah. Uh, they're they're right there. Kessler was nine. Points, eight rebounds per game, while also registering two and a half blocks per contest. You look at this season so far for The center for the Dallas Mavericks, he's right there at nine points, seven and a half rebounds per game, a block and a half per contest. So I think there's a little less likelihood for Lively because there are already two centers on the list, but I I see the argument at least. Um, But then he talked about a whole list of players who are kind of bubbling up and and seizing attention momentarily. Asara Thompson and Marcus Sasser for the Pistons, Brandon Pajemski for Golden State, Anthony Black for Orlando, Kaysen Wallace. Bilal Kulibar, I mean, he went down the whole list. And then he said, but then there's Brandon Miller, who's shooting the ball really well and is doing a lot of things. Uh, To me, when when I read a little bit more, I, I thought it was, I don't know. Obviously, the Hornets haven't played well, and I think holding that against any rookie is more than a little unfair because typically rookie of the year candidates don't come from highly successful teams. Even LeBron had a hard time turning the the Cavs around instantaneously. But when you look at Brandon Miller's numbers as a whole compared to the rest of the class, I just don't think it's close. I think he's clearly in the top five. He's top three overall in scoring right now amongst the players who have averaged 10 points or more per game. He's the clear number one. In three point percentage at this stage of the game, clear number one in threes made per game at this stage of the game. He plays more minutes than anyone. Uh, it, it just, to me, I think would be really unfair to not have Brandon Miller as an all rookie first team. I'm glad that national writers are at least mentioning him and overall mentioning him positively, but I still don't think Brandon Miller is getting nearly enough love and attention for what he's been able to accomplish. And I think even with the same record in some of their markets, you'd probably see Brandon Miller getting more dap, I say, for what he's done.
3: Well, and I think the other thing, too, that goes unnoticed a little bit is that his role's changed a couple times here so far this season as well. You go back to the beginning of the season when the Hornets still weren't fully healthy, unfortunately, because of some injuries, but you go back to then he was coming off the bench then you have a couple of injuries the ball goes down now all of a sudden he's playing a two-guard spot then he's playing a little bit of swing in there as well I think that was one of the things that we talked about a lot whenever he was drafted was where does he fit in is he more of a two-guard is he more of a wing guy because he has the size and the athletic ability to kind of guard maybe one through three one through four depending on the size of the player but we weren't really sure where he was going to best fit in and I think that he's been asked a lot of it I think it's a very big Comparison to a guy like PJ Washington, who also continues to have his role fluctuate on his team just because of all of the injuries, as well. So, over the last probably month or so now, Brandon has had a more solidified, determined role, but from the beginning of the season he was asked to do a lot of different things and I think that goes under the radar as well and I think that's another reason why you're kind of seeing Brandon round into some more consistent form here over the last couple of weeks as well so I think that's something that doesn't get enough consideration but it's one of those things where unfortunately the record for the Hornets indicates that he hasn't garnered enough national attention but at this point I don't want to say that any news is good news but it's also good to see him in that conversation we're saying hey wait a minute here this guy was the number two overall pick for a reason the numbers are starting to back it up and this is where we are right now
2: one thing you certainly helped the hornets with start to present at this point is shooting and that's going to be the next topic of conversation here on the hornets hivecast a recent article talking about how good of a shot are each of the 30 teams in the nba and where does charlotte rank on that we'll discuss that next here on the hornets hivecast
0: bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy last year
2: Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on a New Year's Day edition of the HHC, our first of 2024. Hornets will take on the Denver Nuggets tonight, and we'll have our game preview momentarily. Rob, uh, the recent piece in The Athletic that we were going to discuss now by Law Murray really is interesting. It talks about the NBA shooting rankings, according to Mr. Murray, from thunder to magic, each team's greatest strength and weakness. Uh, this was an interesting one. To me, I think shooting is the most important attribute of any NBA team. I think that's where all offense starts from. I think for many teams, the goal is either to make it a shooting contest or find a way to make it not a shooting contest. But more often than not, that's what it comes down to. And I think Charlotte has shown some real strength at times in terms of their overall shooting ability right now effective field goal percentage for the Hornets uh, is not exactly where they would want it to be they're in the bottom third of the NBA they're in the bottom third in three-point percentage as well but I think so much of that is attributable to injuries more so than anything else but with all that said I wanted to get your thoughts here the NBA shooting rankings according to Law Murray of the Athletic he had the Charlotte Hornets at number 20. Six but I thought that he, you know, really kind of hit the nail on the head in his analysis. He said all of the teams down in this area, you know, 25 to 30 or so are familiar with the shooting seller, but Charlotte's biggest issue is availability as three of its best shooters, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rogier, Miles Bridges have all missed 10 plus games each thus far this season. It throws off the team chemistry, it throws off so many things, and obviously you're taking really good shooters off the floor for different stretches. So even though he's, got the Hornets in the bottom five of the NBA, I don't mind it because I think he correctly identified the reason why.
3: And I'll add one more to that too as well. And this article came out and the analytics go through the Christmas Eve game. So a little bit has changed in that week plus since this article has been published. But the other thing too is Mark Williams. He's missed the last 10 games now and he's one of the higher offensive rating players in the association. Just so good finishing around the rim. That's obviously going to drag down your field goal percentage a lot when you're not able to have a big just throw down dunks left and right and finish at the rim at an extremely high rate. Nick Richards has done a great job obviously filling in for him, but you got to backlog those minutes a little bit when the Hornets go smaller and it's just not there right now at the rim finishing wise. But it's interesting that the Hornets are ranked 26th. You go back to last season's rankings that they did, they were ranked 28th, so a slight improvement in that regard. But some of the teams that you look at behind Charlotte I think are interesting. Toronto, Washington, you go back a little bit further, even the Lakers. The Lakers are 29th in the rankings as well in the Orlando Magic are dead last, which I find interesting because a couple of those teams have winning records. So to me, that obviously shows that they do a lot of other things better than most teams. And I think that's another issue, too, right now that we've seen from this Hornets team is just the defense hasn't been there you know, a little bit here over the last, well, obviously 10 games because that hasn't resulted in a win. So it shows that there's other ways to win in the NBA other than being a really, really good shooting team. The Thunder are the exception to the rule, obviously, being ranked number one. But I also thought it was interesting too, you take a look at the league averages of percentage wise too, and some of the numbers are interesting. The average field goal percentage for a team in the association is 47.2%. Three pointers are 36.5%. And the free throw percentage is something that really intrigued me. It's at 78.8%. And the free throws are a tricky thing in basketball in general. I mean, it has the name free in it for a reason. But the fact that it is sub 80%, I think is really interesting. And I know there's a lot of guys in there that might have 93, 94% free throw percentages. And then you got guys in there that are obviously going to be around the 60s or the 70s, so it's going to throw off the averages a little bit too. But again, some of the interesting numbers in this article that I thought. But Hornets ranked 26, slight improvement there. Just kind of need the defense to turn it around right now at this point.
2: Yeah, all fair statements. A couple of things that stood out from that portion of the article to me. One is Brandon Miller is far and away above that normal needed shooting percentage, particularly from three for the for the league average. Charlotte overall, you know, they're below a couple of these marks. They're a better free throw shooting team than a lot of them, Uh, so I I did think that was interesting. Definitely worth a a look. Go ahead and and go check it out on the Athletic Law Murray's piece about the shooting rankings. One other thing I would throw in there is, uh, again, I thought that he identified correctly the major issue here for the Hornets, and it's been injuries and availability. If you look at the month of December, Charlotte was a bottom 10 team in three-point attempts and a bottom 10 team in terms of three-point percentage compared to the rest of the NBA. But if you look at the month of November, which is the only other full month where, for the most part, LaMelo Ball played for Charlotte, and there were other significant absences, but LaMelo Ball was in there, Charlotte's three-point percentage was third in the NBA, was 38.7% from beyond the arc and their overall attempts rate was still in the bottom 10, but they just shot such a more efficient three-point percentage and clearly one more game. So I thought that was interesting. What we would love to see is a Hornets team that is whole, hopefully for the majority of the month of January, which will tip off tonight when the Hornets take on the Denver Nuggets. Speaking of which, we'll have our game preview for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. (laughs)
6: You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
5: Thank
2: Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets versus Nuggets round two, the first one in the Queen City, went to Denver 102-95, but in case you are not recalling it automatically, that game was an absolute disaster for the Hornets in the third quarter. It took them 11 minutes to make a field goal. They got outpaced 30-9 to by the reigning champs. Charlotte, even though they won all- all three of the other quarters and did a lot of really good things ultimately could not overcome that third quarter which they ended up losing by 21 points a couple other notes we're not going to make any guesses or of anything on the injury report given the holiday and just the the nature of the timing on some of these injury reports we're not going to guess on anyone making a return that wasn't back before but I will say Terry Rozier did not play in that first matchup against the Nuggets he is clearly on a hot streak right now poison are the top 100 in nba history for career made threes and should obviously make a big difference for denver the one thing i'll throw out there and i don't want to make any guesses on injuries but aaron gordon of course had that unfortunate incident with a dog and uh, he was a, a, a pretty sizable contributor i would say to the nuggets first win over the hornets with 14 points and a couple of boards he is Not expected to play in this one as of the recording of this podcast. But, of course, we'll find out as we get closer to game time. Rob Longo, you know how the previews work. We need players for both teams, as well as a stat to watch. Where would you like to begin?
3: Let's go ahead and kick it off with a stat to watch, and I'm going to look at the three-point percentage. It's not something that made or break the game against Denver the other night. Obviously, the biggest issue was the third quarter and just getting outscored 30-9. to But in that game, Charlotte shot about 28-29% from beyond the arc. Denver wasn't really lighting the world on fire. They shot 40%, which is pretty good, but it's not like they were shooting 50 or 60% like the Suns were the other night. But you go back to that Phoenix game, Hornets shot the ball really well. They shot 50% uh, from beyond the arc to one of their better three-point percentages from the season and just output in general so if they're able to just kind of unlock that three ball a little bit more than they were able to against Denver about a week or so ago I think that might be able to go a long way especially when you got a guy like Nicole Jokic roaming the paint that sometimes isn't the best rim protector but at the end of the day he's still one of the bigger guys in the association so he's going to make you alter shots a little bit at some point depending on how you're able to get him in position and that sort of thing so I think if you're just able to stretch the defense a little bit open up the lane a little bit more to get those paint touches, I think the three-point shot could go a long way tonight against Denver.
2: Yeah, I like the pick. That's one thing that I certainly had circled from the previous matchup, that the Nuggets shot a very efficient three-ball, and they've got a lot of weapons there. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Uh, two really elite three-point shooters in the NBA as a whole. The one I'm going to go to here is points in the paint. I I think Charlotte did a good job of having an attack mindset in that first one, and and some of it is personnel. When you don't have Terry Rozier available, it's going to force you to, to do a things a little bit differently Uh, and fingers crossed the Hornets will get more guys back for this one but I think points in the paint is going to be important here you've got to continue to attack Denver they were very aggressive the first time around got to the free throw line a lot more than the Nuggets did and overall I thought they outplayed Denver it was one bad quarter so keeping some of those trends up. Uh, The other part of being in an attack mindset and going after points in the paint is it should put you in a good position for rebounds, and I thought the Hornets did a really good job on the glass in the first matchup. Hopefully they can do the same here in the second tonight. Where would you like to go next? Player to watch for the Hornets or for the home team?
3: Let's go ahead and go with the home team for this one. That's Denver, obviously, and I'm just going to go ahead and take the low-hanging fruit. Nicole Jokic, former MVP, was an assist shy of a triple-double when these two teams squared off at Spectrum Center Not that long ago, I think he had 18, 10, and 9 off the top of my head. You go back to the Denver Nuggets game against Oklahoma City the other night, their most latest game, and they lose 119-93 to at home against OKC. In that game, Jokic consistent again, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. With Aaron Gordon out, I just think there's a little bit more added emphasis on Jokic to really shoulder the load. It's nothing that he's not ever done before. He's obviously gotten MVP awards for a reason, so I don't think there's any intricate explanation i need to provide here other than the fact that he's a former mvp he's a very talented guy he's really good at facilitating the ball if you're able to hold him under double digit assist i think that's a win in the category of stats in that regard but again he's going to get his he's going to get 15 points plus he dominated last year against the hornets but they kept them rather in check in that game at spectrum center earlier this season, and in check is an assist shy of a triple-double. That's kind of the way that Nikola Jokic rolls, and that's why he's one of the best players to really, quite frankly, do it and revolutionize that center position a little bit too as well. So Nikola Jokic, easily my player to watch tonight.
2: I like the pick. Oftentimes I'll I'll try and find someone who has a really strong connection in one particular stat category to wins and losses. Uh, When I'm looking around for these, but the Nuggets win with such a high frequency, it's hard to find that. So I'm just going to go with the guy, uh, I think he's been playing really well and that's Michael Porter Jr. Hard to believe that this guy fell during the draft process a, a few years back. Obviously injuries were an issue for him coming out of college where he barely played and quite frankly at times they've been an issue for him as a professional as well but overall I think he's really established himself as one of the elite wings in the association. He shoots it at just such a, a high clip Overall, particularly from three. Uh, this is even a, a slightly down year for him, and he's right at 40%. And, and in many respects, this is kind of the prototype for what maybe Brandon Miller can become. I think Brandon Miller's ceiling could be even higher. He could have an even bigger role, and, and maybe Porter would too if he weren't paired with a multiple-time MVP and a talent like Nikola Jokic, but that's a conversation for another day. Porter is an elite, elite talent. He is someone who can single-handedly turn a game around, and with his size, he's almost always open. So I'm going to say Michael Porter Jr. is going to be my player to watch For Denver, which leaves us with a Hornet to watch.
3: For me, my Hornets player to watch tonight is going to be Miles Bridges. Last two games have not been great for Miles. You go back to the Lakers game, yeah, he scores 20 points, which is great, but he was also 7 of 20 from the field shooting. The 4 of 10 from three point land was good, but again, the efficiency just wasn't really there. The defense has also been a little bit of an issue for Miles. As of late, he was a minus 33 in that Lakers game, was even in the plus minus in that game the other night against Phoenix, so that's the good news. Bad news was he only scored 11 points. For 16 shooting so the shooting woes have continued a little bit just one for seven beyond the arc in that game as well did fill the statute had seven rebounds and six assists as well but miles just has to get back to that more consistent average that we saw over the course of his career where you go back to two seasons ago where he was the leading scorer on a team he was averaging over 20 points per game I'm not saying he needs to get back to averaging 20 would certainly be nice it's not certainly going to hurt by any stretch of the imagination but I think miles bridges just needs a bounce back game really really badly he I go back to after the Lakers game. Sam Perley and I were on the podcast. I picked Miles Bridges. I want to say he picked Terry Rozier. Terry ended up having a really big game, obviously dropping forty plus against the Suns. So hopefully, I'm able to kind of speak it into existence a little bit here. And Miles Bridges has a bounce back game tonight in Denver.
2: Yeah, I like Miles. I think you know even with a a subpar game, and everyone has him from time to time. The guy I'm going to pick, you know, had a a game where he was under ten points, and he has been a consistent uh, twenty plus point per game score throughout this campaign already. Miles Bridges, everyone's entitled to an off night. I would agree he's been a little bit down recently last handful of games in terms of overall three-point shooting percentage. But I think he still had a really strong year, and uh, he needs to have a strong game. One thing that might have hurt him the other day against Denver is the lack of maybe one of those running mates or a couple of those running mates. And one of them is who I'm going to focus on here. It's Terry Rozier. He's coming off a season-high performance against Phoenix, his first 40-point game of the season, and he's put himself on the precipice of two what I think are are really notable accomplishments. One is he is going to move into the top 100 list for career-made threes in the NBA. No small feat. He is one back of former Charlotte player Ben Gordon for being in the top 100. Uh, He is two back of, I think, Kirk Heinrich for being number 99, so he's probably going to cross that threshold here tonight in Denver. The other thing is if he goes for 20 or more points, he will tie del curry for the fifth most 20 point performances in hornets franchise history it would be his 156th that would tie del curry on that list but uh, the individual is really not of much concern for terry rogier he wants to win he was one of the many missing ingredients for the Hornets in the previous matchup against the Denver Nuggets, where they of course were without Mark Williams, were without LaMelo Ball, and for that one, were without Terry Rozier as well. Uh, Despite that, Charlotte still gave it a good run, We're really, really close to taking down the defending champs, uh, but couldn't quite get there. I'll look for Terry Rozier to be the difference maker tonight. One last note, thing I'm most looking forward to uh, at the start of tonight's game, Ish Smith getting his championship ring. He's one of the ultimate Good guys in the NBA, a fan favorite across the league, and he is very much deserving of that ring he earned as a member of the reserves for the Denver Nuggets last season. I'm looking forward to him getting that here tonight. I'm sure you are as well, Rob.
3: Yeah, one of the best guys, one of the nicest guys out there in the association. Good to see him be a journeyman throughout the league and finally get that ring that he was part of that great championship team last season. So, going to be a special night for Ish, going to really be one of those ones he'll never forget, but it'll be fun to watch that ceremony pregame.
2: Hornets will take on the Denver Nuggets tonight. We'll, of course, have you covered on the Hornets radio network in our flagship station, 92.7 Sports Radio WFNZ. And then tomorrow, Rob Longo, Sam Perley will be back for another edition of the HHC as the Hornets will be taking on the Sacramento Kings. So it's going to be a game recap edition and a game preview edition of the Hornets Hivecast for everyone tomorrow. Till then, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. See Lisa.com for more details.